Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome back, dear listener, to part two of our chat with the True Sport Trio. If you have not listened to part one of our conversation, I recommend going back, starting there, not missing out any of the uh, goodies that were shared in that first episode. Uh, but I just want to pull out one quote that really stood out to me, Simon, from the first uh, the first episode of, of our, our conversation with them. Um, I've been thinking about it all week. Um, great humans with caring mm. hearts who want to learn the art of teaching make great coaches. I love that. I- we need to put that on some poster board. I really do too. I know. The only thing that came to mind for me was the commonalities with Chris and Kara's journey where the people around them really shaped that journey and their success. It's a nice reminder of like how much impact, even from like a casual level, if you are just part of an organization and you're just helping with a really instructive and, and great environment for these kids, how much of an impact that can have is that the people really kept them into the sport and wanting to be a part of it. So I know we've got some really great nuggets of wisdom that are coming up here so we can hop right into it. Let's go. Social media is, I view it as one of those necessary evils. I, I used to really enjoy it when it was just my friends and I, and I was just posting, like, didn't care at all, but it became this kind of business model where, you know, to engage sponsors, to try to make a living out of sports. Cause I think Kara will agree with me on this. It's like, you're not retiring after you get out of the Olympics from one of these small sports, right? Like, until the age of 25, I was working a full-time job. Like it's, it's difficult, but social media allows you to get sponsorship and develop a little bit of revenue, which is important. However, it takes away your focus and balancing that is a real challenge. And I really dislike social media at times. Sometimes I'm okay with it, but most of the time I dislike it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was going to say kind of similar to like the appropriate levels of stress and kind of the way that your worldview expanded, Chris, as you got to go to Europe. Like I feel again, really lucky in just the stages of my career that aren't necessarily like the same as they used to be. Like we're from this generation that we got to be anonymous and just play and be on teams and like be friends with people. And then I also didn't know that you could go to the Olympics in the javelin. Like I I knew what the Olympics were. I watched Carrie Strug sticker perfect 10 one-legged vault in 1996 and was like inspired, but then I grew six inches and I was no longer a gymnast. Um, <laughs> so like 
to have my worldview expanded gradually, like being from a place that wasn't diverse and throw the javelin and then go to college and have people that didn't look like me on my same team and then go to um, the professional ranks and like all of a sudden be the racial minority in track and field was like such a gift gradually for me to understand and like get to know these people very personally, like face to face without screens in between us um, at the time that I got to. And I'm so grateful for that I'm so you know honored to be a member of this sport where there are such different kinds of people all doing incredible things but individually like it's wild um but I was talking to someone recently about after my first Olympic team I got to go back to college and Facebook had been around for four years but it was still just college students and there wasn't Instagram yet. And we didn't have Twitter. Like I got Twitter like the next summer. And so I got to go back to college and people didn't really know, like they had to ask me how, what I did that summer. Right. Go to the Olympics and then go to class. And it was this really safe place to like return after not doing very well and like keep growing as an individual without those outside pressures. So I don't know how to um, solve that except for what Amanda said, like, you can say no, you can like curate yeah. your kids experience to like try and help them focus on who they actually are rather than who they think the world wants them to be. Mm. Um, mm. And when I look at my timeline right now and see all of the likes because of the amazing things that I did do this summer, like I have the perspective at 36 to be like, I can walk away from that. Like I am fine yeah. to share the rest of my life with just my family, with just my really close friends who I call on the phone rather than talking to via DM or maybe both, you know, but um, like I grew up without it. I'm excited to leave it behind in a lot of ways because of the necessary evil of what it is. But I also work in social media marketing for women athletes. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's just this very complicated landscape that takes a lot to work through if you're a kid who's just in encountering it for the first time. And I think we need to be a lot more honest in those conversations. Chris and Kara, yeah. I have a quick question for you, if that's okay, Simon and Marie. Yeah. Um, like, how would you describe yourself? Like, let's say I'm, I'm, I meet you in the grocery store and I'm, you know, visiting from Nova Scotia and, and I say, hi, my name's Amanda. You know, I'm a little contractor, does some research in sport. What, what do you like, tell me about yourself? I, I don't know. I guess I would say, uh, I would like to say I'm genuine. I'd probably ask you a bunch of questions about Nova Scotia growing up in like North <laughs> York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I'm just like, oh, I, I don't know. I would say, right. Obviously, I, I am driven. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's like I care about people. I love to push myself. I love to challenge myself. Uh, I love to see others do amazing things. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's weird. It's, it's, it's kind of weird, like transitioning out of sport. Cause I feel like I'm changing a little bit too, but I feel like yeah. those would be, yeah. Yeah. Like the point is like, you, you are, you know, obviously an Olympic medalist in the luge, it's something you do and you do it exceptionally well, but it's not all of who you are. And I think one of the way we can help youth with their mental health and help them make decisions that will, you know, positively enhance their well-being is is really helping them to understand the sport that they participate in it's not who they are it's something they do 
they're also like a whole bunch of other things to people. Um, and just that they're, they're loved and valued for, for how they do things, not what they do, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. really hard though, as an athlete. And I had to go to a very dark place in order to come out on the other side. Mm. So that's the, the realization that sport isn't who you are, especially I think at like the Olympic, like the elite level, right? Because that's essentially your job. Your job is to be this person. Yeah. Um, and also for most athletes, it's a huge chunk of your life and it kind of does define you to a certain point, but then there needs to be that realization that, you know what? I'm actually an okay human being. Like I will be okay post sport. Um, I'm comfortable with who I am, regardless of the outcome. Mm -hmm. But to get to that point, it's not an easy path. And like, yeah, that was my struggle leading up to the 2018 Olympics. And probably the hardest part of my career was, um, right? Like everyone sees like, oh, 2018 Olympic silver medalist, but no one sees like the two years of struggle where uh, three years before I was ranked third overall in the world. And then we go through equipment changes and then I can't even break into the top 10, top 15. And then Olympic year, 2018, I know this because I am the athlete rep to the board and I saw in the high performance plan, but I was like ranked last on the list of support of athletes. So I'm like, okay, so if I need to do anything, I need to do it on my own. So I sold my car I to have cash on hand, like went into the season, ready to buy equipment to, to try to see if I could get a little bit faster last U.S. guy to qualify and it's basically at this point like I'm going into the games knowing that like all right this is my last race and well I don't have a lot of savings uh, I don't have a lot of life skills I luckily had a degree I got online but I don't have a car uh, my girlfriend of one year now wife I was going to move in with her and basically have to figure out life broke with the bicycle and yeah. that was potentially how my career was going to end it like in 2018 I had a lot of amazing circumstances happened to me with the last two weeks with Russian athletes who they didn't actually think they were going to the Olympics because they were, uh, that was when the whole Russian doping scandal was coming through. So they yeah. actually didn't know if they were going to compete and a world champion athlete basically gave me his sled because he's like, if Chris, like, I see how good you are. Like, and this is through a friend who's translating Russian English, but he was like, if, uh, <laughs> if I can't go to the Olympics to win a medal, I want you to do it on my sled. I want my sled to get a medal. Are you um, serious? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> no, it was amazing. It's an amazing story. Uh, but basically, end of the day, I didn't quite fit in it. Um, the balance point was a little off. There's all these variables and lose yeah. to go fast. But I learned a lot from that process and I made some changes to my sled. And then I got sixth place at the last World Cup and going into the games, like you couldn't even bet on me, which was pretty fun. And <laughs> it was like a farewell tour. But, but what I was saying is like, I had to come to the realization that like, okay, my sporting career is over. Cause if I don't medal, I'm broke and I have to start over again. And that was a really dark time for weeks where I was giving a hundred percent and getting 10% in return. And it wasn't until like, probably a week before the Olympics where I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I came to like results don't define me. And then I ended up winning an Olympic medal. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that, it, it was the best thing for me because like that medal, it didn't change who I was. It just changed what it allowed me to do. Like I had like my brain rewired itself. 
And that was the biggest challenge of my career was mentally waking up and being okay with myself, with who I am. And I wasn't for a long time. And Hmm. it, it really is like that mental taxing position on a lot of athletes where helping them disconnect is a challenge and it Mm -hmm. takes going to dark places. Um, And it just so happened that I got a call from a Russian guy and that was (laughs) the catalyst of change. And that's something that never happens in lose. Like it's trade secrets. You don't talk about your equipment. Um, Mm -hmm. It was one of those life-changing things where I'm like, I'll never forget. Wow. But yeah. it's a it's a human connection, and that's that's what the putting the social media down, yeah. Um, like I just so my favorite story from Tokyo that I will cry absolutely through because we we're talking about medical professionals and they're so important to the process. Like mm. knowing who you are and knowing, you know, without the results, without the sport. Like Amanda, I would say I'm half Canadian. That's so cool that you're from Nova Scotia in the grocery store and like mm. connect with you on something that's not sport because. Mm. I heard you and I'm listening and I'm responding like in kind, like Chris said, like ask you questions about what you just said, rather than being like, this is me, because <laughs> that's what social media often feels like is like just self-promotion yeah. rather than actually listening to the other side. So um, very early in my career, I hurt my back really bad in college. I had a stress fracture in my L5 and 2007 was the only season I ever missed, but my PT at Purdue in college, Kara Kessens, um, took great care of me. Like she just was so fun, fantastic, like care about the person rather than the results. Um, and I worked really hard and I got better and I made my first Olympic team. So like, she has known me since I was 19, 20 years old. She saw me before I was an Olympian. Like she was there for me, like all of those years ago, fast forward, I tear my ACL in 2020. I like made it back for Tokyo, but I was 11 months post-op at the competition. And she, as an ATC who had been in touch with me the whole time was like checking in all year. Like we'd been out to dinner. She has grown in her skills. So she's now the head athletic trainer for USA volleyball. So she's in Tokyo. She's in the village. She's been checking in with me all year. We've been friends for 13, 14, 15 years. And I got to see her like every day. And I knew in the village, like she's not here for me, but it's so fun that this person is here for me. Like I just, she knows me. So I didn't make the final and I was really sad and I wanted to like go swim at this training facility. Um, And I'd seen her every day and she'd been wishing me good luck and all this stuff. And I'm like in the locker room and I make my Instagram post. It's really sappy. And I'm just like, I did everything I could. I'm so proud to be here. And thank you to my teammates for voting me team captain. Like I didn't know about being flag bearer yet, which is insane. Um, But I walked onto the pool deck after I'd like showered and there's Kara. Like she's the only person in the entire building except for this one volleyball player. And she looked at me and I started crying and she just helped me for minutes. Like I'm dripping wet I'm covering her in my tears and all of this shower water on the pool deck and like in that moment I could be absolutely who I am like devastated with somebody who knew exactly everything I had been through for 15 years and knew me before everything that the rest of the world saw so that gift of like this you know quiet private like personal moment wouldn't have happened on social media. Like it was absolute real life and heart wrenching, like so healing for this happenstance, like meeting um, after something really hard that I had been through that I was also really proud of. So um, the human connection part 
<laughs> like you can't describe that on social media. You have yeah. to live it and you have to like be ready for it and connecting with people. It's, it's those moments in sport that I have with a few people that like for the rest of our lives, we'll remember those moments. Um, yeah. Some of it's with ATCs, teammates, friends. Um, the, the biggest moment for me kind of like that was, was in between. So we compete over two days. So day one and then day two. And after day one in 2018, I was in fourth place, um, behind third by one thousandth of a second. And, uh, our competitions are late at night. Like they start at nine 30. And so the, the day we're just kind of like, Oh, it's, yeah, it was terrible. Like you, were, you got there and you were like trying to stay up till like two in the morning, basically every day and like just change your cycle. So you're like at a hundred percent at nine 30. Um, and at lunch, like I met up with my wife and that was like the moment where it's like, doesn't matter what happens at all. It's like, I've got you just go for it. And so like in your biggest moment, just knowing that you have people that tell you something like that, just go for it. Like I've got you. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, doesn't matter. Like, forget that this, these two runs decide my entire life, essentially. Like, doesn't matter. Like, someone has me, and they've expressed that. And those are the moments that you remember. Like, everyone's like, oh, what was the most amazing part of Pyeongchang? Was it, like, winning your medal? I'm like, no. It's the fourth run. And when the track was, like, when I was ready to go, uh, I smiled, right? That was my game face. I, I smiled on the handle because like, I knew I had it and it was the weirdest thing, but it was because people were there for me. And it was like, okay, I've been doing this for 20 years. These are the most difficult conditions we've seen all year. Let's go. And <laughs> I don't think anyone else had that mentality, but it's what you said. It's those, it's not social media. It's those true connections that, yeah. with people that really support you. And uh, that makes the mental difference. Um, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I need a moment. Thank you so much for, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, no, that was, that was no. amazing. I, I appreciate you guys being, being vulnerable and sharing those stories. And obviously like yeah. you can visibly see the, the impact that they've had on, on both of you. So it's just, it's, it's That's awesome amazing. to hear and, and you know, the stories you don't see on the headlines, right. Are the, the ones yeah. behind the scenes, like we we're saying, and, and those are oftentimes the, the ones that make the most impact. So, yeah. um, gosh, I, I love the conversation. I love, like, especially hearing that is something that, um, can really bring things into perspective. And I hope that that's something that everyone can hear and go, you know, there's more important things, you know, and I, 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 I really appreciate you guys sharing that. Um, I guess something that I, I would like to ask all of you um, is we, we really love to give tangible advice, uh, best practices to our listeners that they can take back to their organization, to their team or their family. Um, so if you could narrow it down, if you can give one piece of tangible advice, you would give listeners um, if they are trying to keep mental well-being of their athletes or kids top of mind. Man. I, I feel like sport has transitioned a little bit since like when I was coming up uh, through, but I think it's regardless of the challenge, I, I think it's always good to challenge yourself. Um, but I, 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 right. I always want to say, like, Oh, make sure you're having fun. Right. But it's like, yeah. make sure you do it for you. 
um, at the end of the day, find what it's like, make sure you're doing it for you. Like if you want to challenge yourself, if you want to push yourself, you're probably in the right place, regardless of what other people say. And so I guess I would just say, find out what you, what you want to push through and what like excites you, you know, and, uh, kind of, kind of grab onto the reins of whatever that is and go for it. I think it's really fun to try all of the things. Like I, Chris said he played all the sports growing up. I also did. And then like, if I hadn't tried something new my freshman year of high school, I would not be on this call. Um, So just like, that's fun to me. And in this day and age of specialization at the youth level, I just, I want people to be free to to try a new sport. Cause like they might feel athletic and they might, you know, be stuck trying as hard as they can. And they're not seeing the results that they want to, but then you shift to something slightly different that you've maybe never heard of. Um, mm-hmm. and you accelerate into your own future. So try new stuff. Awesome. Yeah. When focusing on kids, mental health with sport, I think it's just really important that kid that parents realize this is supposed to enhance kids' lives. And, and that, and that, yes, some, some learning perseverance and challenges, though, those are, those things can very much enhance their life, but they can't be doing it for you. Um, And that normalizing in the conversations, if they need to talk through something that if they need some support, if they need some help to gain some confidence, to have a conversation with a coach, I like to call them courageous conversations um, to be there to role play with them or to get them the support that they need so that they can navigate, jump over those hurdles when, when they get to them in new sport, because they inevitably will, there will be a lot. And we don't want a hurdle to be the reason the kid leaves sport. We know the rates. And so it has to be an environment that does foster joy that yes. And joy, joy is working hard. Joy is doing your best. Joy is being challenged, helping kids learn this, but it has to be age appropriate. And, and um, kids need to have agency in, in the process for sure. Awesome. Yeah. And I know, I know, Chris, you said uh, you didn't want to say just have fun, but I, I will say when I was growing up, my mom would always say, and up through college, my senior year, she would always say, like, good luck, do your best and have fun. She would end every sentence with have fun. And like, it, once again, it's one of those things like in the moment, it was like, oh, mom, like you're so cheesy. Like, of course I'm going to have fun. But like reflecting on it, it's it was always the last thing I thought about when, before I started a game or even like practice, like it's a game, right? Have fun. So I I, I do think there's some good advice there, even though it's, it is a little cheesy to, to just say have fun. Um, just take a blanket word and I'm like, like enjoy uh, the experience. Be better. Right, yeah. like, <laughs> But, but it's really, it's really important because like one of my kids got like some of her peers said, oh my gosh, no. When they say, what's one th- goal for this tournament? And she said in front of the group um, to have fun and people kind of were like, oh, you know, with her and, and she's like, they don't even understand that like fun is in the tank, that fun is doing your, and, and she's like, I feel so sorry for them that they don't understand that. And I was like, I kind of feel sorry for you that you're my kid. So like you're using language <laughs> that other, that other kids are like. You're, you know, silly for, but you know, it, it's not <laughs> a bad word. Like it's a really good word. And when you dissect it and define it, maybe that's what every coach listening could do or every parent 
There it what is. is yeah. it, what is it that's fun? Like what yeah. defines fun? What, how you define success goal orientation theory? You know, there is a lot more motivation when you define it as doing better than you ever did before, mastering something new, um, and, and giving, giving your absolute best effort. Again, we're on the call with, with a, like world elite, like the very cream of the crop, right? So it's like the vast majority of people, like we can teach kids not like it just, I mean, I always wanted to be an Olympian, like just wasn't gonna happen, right? So like, that's mean I'm not a good person. Like, and then, you know, it just means I w- don't have those gifts um, is no matter how hard that I tried. Um, and, and letting kids know that's okay, right? Because I learned the work ethic from sport I took that to the classroom and it served me really, really well in my life and, and sharing those stories with kids too, I think is really great. Yeah. Kara, I really liked, you know, your, your answer too about playing every sport. Cause I, that's, that was my childhood. My childhood was filled with just uh, sport ADD and, and being diagnosed myself and just trying every sport I possibly could and having parents that were willing to, <laughs> to help. With yes. That. As soon as I saw something on TV, I would like, I want to try that. Except cool runners. They didn't let me do bobsledding. <laughs> Weird. But side the point. Um, I know, uh, I know we're, we're over here guys. So um, do you think, do you think we dive into this or that, or do we have one more? I have one more question. I can't let Chris leave without telling me oh, there it about is. his dancing with the stars experience. Oh, fun, <laughs> What fun. was your favorite? What was your favorite? And what was your <laughs> least favorite part about that whole experience? Uh, see, I, going back to like what Kara said, try everything. Like I am not a dancer, but I was really excited to try something brand new. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, my partner, Whitney called me brick because I had bricks for feet. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but like, I, I missed the final by one round and I went out with the national champion figure skater. So I'm like, you know what? I feel wow. pretty good about, about making it this far. Um, wow. But it was it was a yeah. lot of fun learning, but it was so challenging. There's so many moving pieces that I wasn't uh, expecting, right? Because you do have the social media part. Like you have to go on all, I think that was my least favorite part was trying to promote myself. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, right. going on all these radio, you know, mm-hmm. like it was weird. You sit in the studio and all of a sudden these radios just like stations call in. And I didn't really like that. But what I loved was, learning something new and ch- but like challenging yeah. yourself because right when you're about to do a dance like when I'm on like the handles like at the Olympics I feel confident in myself and my ability because I've been doing this for 20 years and I've got a system in place when you're watching like the clock like the room gets dark and it's like 10 not mm. and then it goes silent three and you're just like oh my god like, you forget everything <laughs> with like two seconds to go and you're just like <gasps> and then the music starts and you're like okay we're going like, yeah. it's, oh, that, that, honestly, that was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life was knowing that, like, I'm about to do something that I am not proficient at in front of 10 million people <laughs> on TV. And it is terrifying. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I wish uh, it was like a small four week season with athletes only. Now mm. I wish I would have done like a full season because I'm like, right <laughs> when I got cut, I'm like, I'm just getting the hang of this. Like, yeah. I'm starting to understand uh but it was it was scary challenging fun it it was like the full range of emotions right so yeah 
That's awesome. That's yeah. Th th thank you for uh, obliging you. us. <laughs> and the good news so is fun. I'm used to wearing tight clothes. Like, right. I wear yeah. <laughs> too tight in all the wrong places. So everyone's like, all right, are you comfortable wearing this? I'm like, do you know what my attire is? Like, I'm pretty much comfortable wearing anything at this point in my life. I was going to say that too, about being challenged in new ways. Like, obviously I'm not, I haven't been on Dancing with the Stars. Yes, it's a plug. It's a plug. Yes, uh, yes. carry on. But with like to answer the last question as well, a little bit more, like celebrating a victory every day. Like I'm sure learning dancing, like you had to be like, what did I actually learn today? Oh. Like as minute as it might be, like the point of your big toe, like in this one the section. Hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. with all of my like surgery recoveries and all that stuff, like when you're an athlete in a new situation that you haven't navigated before, or a youth athlete that is like frustrated with the experience, there's always something so tiny to be like, I did that well, like, let me celebrate this moment in the journey that yeah. I can like take me that can take me into the next day. Um, and my mom was really good at that. It always annoyed me growing up where she'd be like, what did you learn in this game? I'm like nothing. I hated it. We lost. Um, and then actually think about it. And like, she forced me to do that and have perspective. So yeah, that's awesome. Great. Celebrating the little wins. Yep. Marie, do you hear that? I hear that's, it. that's the it's music. Time. That is the music. All right. We've got some the drums and the clapping and it's getting really intense. So we are going to go through this, this or that. Now we have three people. Uh, which is going to make this a, a newer format. Uh, but this or that is we're going to ask nine rapid fire questions and there's absolutely no thinking. And I, we're going to go down the line of who is going of, of, of responding. So we'll ask a question and then it's going to go Amanda, Chris, Kara, you guys got to be ready and then answer right away. And then we're going to go to the next question. So it'll be, Does that make sense? it'll be like blue or green. And you say one or the other. Yeah. yeah. Blue. Cool. <laughs> Great. Good job <laughs> listening, Chris. Thank you. Yes. Gotcha. Perfect. So Amanda first, Chris second, Kara third, and then we will go on to the next question. No thinking, gut reactions. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Go. Oh, all right. All right I'll, let's do I'll go this. odds. All right. Ready? Got evens. Which do you prefer to watch college sports or professional sports? College sports. College sports. Professional sports, Olympics. Meditating or yoga to clear the mind? Yoga. Meditating. Meditating. GIF or JIF? JIF. The JIF, the peanut butter? We're talking about peanut butter here? What are we doing? <laughs> peanut butter in general. JIF. JIF. Oh, that's the best answer yeah. we've gotten. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Pancakes. Crepes. Crepes. <laughs> pancakes. Yeah. Those are pancakes. Okay. TV Thin pancakes. TV shows or movies? Movies, or else I'll stay up way too late binging. <laughs> Documentaries. TV shows. Podcasts or audiobooks? I, I really both. I cannot. Podcasts. Podcasts. Orange slices or bananas? Oh, orange slices. Banana. Banana. <laughs> Who are these people? Like I'm, I'm going to think about this. Dancing the tango or pasa doble? Tango. Tango. Doble. I like the aggression. That's nice. why we added it. Um, all right. In the world, this is the final question. Do you guys think there are more doors or wheels? Doors. Wheels. Wheels. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I'm sure I'm a, you're I'm I'm a door. I think Simon, you're a wheel. We've had we've exhausted this uh debate within we our have, marketing team. We have, so I would think it would be I'm pretty sure countries, you know, I I'm thinking it's 
doors, right? Do you know how many toy cars we have here? Each that one counts. has four that wheels. Counts. Yeah, it's four but right there. Don't they See, have Chris, five? Chris knows. Don't they have five doors? doors. Ooh. Front. Do you know how many little Hot Wheel cars we have? The toy cars don't have really we'll any doors. Yeah. There's just there's <laughs> yeah. an end in wheels. I feel but, like a door has to the wheel was so long ago. Like, were doors or wheels invented first? <laughs> wheels. I think the I mean, wheel. This, I'm pretty sure the wheel was invented first. Or yes. is it just like <laughs> right now? All right. Well, you- I'm pretty sure if we went downstairs, we would hear uh, Jared and Jerry still arguing yeah, about this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have not given up, by the way. This was like three weeks, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> um, so, I mean, amazing athletes, truly exceptional people. Thank you guys so much, Amanda, Chris, Kara, for, for being on the True Sport Trio. Just one of the best experiences ever. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah, us. This was a blast. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. The True Sport mission is simple and bold. To change the culture of youth sport by providing powerful educational tools to equip young athletes with resources to build life skills and core values for success on and off the field. Powered by the experience and values of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, the country's most trusted guardian of sport, dedicated to preserving the integrity of competition at every level. True Sport partners with organizations across the nation, like Sports Engine, to promote a powerfully positive youth sport experience for all. This has been another episode of For the Love of Sport. A big thank you to our guests for joining us. And as always, feel free to send us a note at ftlospod at nbcuni.com. We'd love to hear from you, dear listener. So please don't shy away from asking us a question because if we don't know, the odds are that our guests will. And also just let us know if we're doing well or if you just you know want to ask us and like what our favorite halftime treat is or just want to give us like a virtual high five. We're open to that as well. Well, yeah, we will really take anything. Uh, but For the Love of Sport is brought to you by Sports Engine, your home for you sports. Hosts are myself, Marie Fitzgerald, and the lovely, energetic Simon McKenzie. Our marketing guru is Kelsey Irwin. Our captain of content marketing is Rob Badeau. And our exceptional sound engineer is Troy Sohn. We will be back with a new episode very soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.